welcome to episode three of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. I'm your host, your pilot, Mike Fulta here, the director of broadcasting and communications with the Gladiators. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're tuning in from, and leave a review. Again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the pod. For team info, follow us on social media at ATL Gladiators and online at AtlantaGladiators.com. This week, we are joined by an awesome guest. David Foote from the Belleville Senators joins the podcast. Foote is the Media and Community Relations Coordinator with the B-Sens. That's the AHL affiliate for the Gladiators. So when the Glads are getting called up to the AHL, this is where they're going most of the time. We had an awesome talk with David Foote about the Atlanta, Belleville, Ottawa pipeline. He's definitely somebody that we're going to have to have back on the podcast throughout this season. Last week, we spoke with forward Cody Sylvester of the Gladiators. Had a lot of fun talking with him. Some funny stories about Europe and money on the board and all that. So do go back and listen to episode two if you want to catch that episode with Cody Sylvester. As a reminder, the Atlanta Hockey Showcase 2021 is coming up here in the middle of October. A South Korean professional team, Anyang Hala, is coming to town, as are the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. They'll have, we'll have a couple of games there on the October 15th and 16th at Gas South Arena. Season ticket holders can come by and pick up their season ticket packages. Season ticket holders also get the game on the 15th uh, for free. Anyang Hala, they actually just got to the States a couple of days ago. They're busing up from Orlando on tomorrow, Wednesday, the 6th. And then they'll be in town right here in Atlanta. They'll be practicing right alongside the Gladiators. And they will uh, play the Gladiators in one of those exhibitions as part of the Atlanta Hockey Showcase. The Hala Glads game is on Saturday, October 16th. That's a 7.30 puck drop. The Glads open their season on the road in Orlando on Saturday, October 23rd. That's coming up here just around the corner in a few weeks. The home opener for the Gladiators is also coming up. That's towards the end of the month on October 29th. They will also be then playing the Orlando Solar Bears. That's at Gas South Arena on October 29th. A couple other news items before we get to David Foote. The Gladiators begin training camp this week. The training camp schedule will be posted on social media here shortly. Uh, fans are welcome to attend these training camp practices free of charge at the Atlanta Ice Forum. It's right off of Satellite Road. The first official training camp session is Saturday, October 9th, and the Glads will be on the ice from 9.30 to 11. And if you do attend one of these free training camp sessions, please remember that everyone still needs to be conscious of COVID protocols, and we need to be staying six feet away from the players. Please don't try to approach the players because they've been instructed by the league to maintain their distance from everyone. So please do be conscious of all of that. We have had another player signing since our last episode last Wednesday. The Gladiators signed 26-year-old Gabe Gertler. Gertler's a 5'9", 192-pounder from Plantation, Florida, Southerner. Last year, he put up 23 points in 30 games with the Macon Mayhem in the Southern Professional Hockey League. He put up big numbers in the OHL back in junior, so he played some pretty good high-level uh, major junior hockey, and he also played collegiately in Canada with the University of Prince Edward Island. So welcome to Atlanta. Gabe Gertler, another forward there for Coach Jeff Pyle and the Glads. 
It is time for our Sens segment now, where we give updates on the NHL and the AHL affiliates of the Gladiators. The Ottawa Senators are in the middle of their preseason schedule right now. Through five exhibitions, the Sens are 2-3 and three here in the preseason. Uh, last night, they lost 3-1 to one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Connor Brown had the lone goal for the Sens. So far, the most Im- impressive player in the preseason has been rookie forward Alex Formanton. Three goals and two assists here in three uh, preseason games for Ottawa. And as our interviewee, David Foote, says later, he's one of the fastest players in the league, and he is putting that on display right now at the NHL level. Shane Pinto, another young forward, has also been very good for Ottawa. Pinto played in 12 games with Ottawa last year and put up seven points. He has three points in three preseason games so far with Ottawa. The next preseason game for the Sens is coming up on Thursday, October 7th against the Montreal Canadiens at the Bell Center. The season opener for Ottawa is also coming up here in just about a week's time. It's on October 14th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Atlanta Gladiators signee Matthew Wedman was released from the NHL camp at the first round of cuts on this past Saturday, but he will report to AHL camp in Belleville this week. So a chance here for Wedman to kind of prove himself at the American Hockey League level. And several other players that the Gladiators signed this past summer will join him in Belleville for that AHL camp. Cameron Nault and Luke Nogard will get a shot to crack the B-Sense roster. A couple forwards right there, as will defenseman Tim Davison and Derek Topatic. Five players that were signed by the Glads already have a chance to get in front of some AHL coaches and potentially steal a roster spot up in the AHL. Now, it's pretty common for a couple of ECHL contracted players to uh, make their way up to the AHL camp. You see that with different organizations. But nonetheless, this is still a very positive reflection of the quality of players that head coach Jeff Pyle has signed here in the offseason. And it's a reflection of the relationship between the Gladiators and their big brothers up in Belleville and Ottawa. And just a quick reminder, because there's a lot of Senators talk in this Sens segment. Uh, both teams are named the Senators. So you have the AHL, that's like AAA, uh, the AHL in Belleville, those are the Belleville Sens, or we'll call them the B Sens. And then up at the NHL level, that's Major League, you have the Ottawa Senators, obviously. So just, it can get a little confusing, but do remember, it is the B Sens and then the normal Senators at the NHL level. Uh, one more note here in our Sens segment, the Ottawa Senators have still not signed star forward Brady Kachuk. There's been a report that he was offered an eight-year, $64 million deal. That came from Post Media and TSN's Bruce Garriock. Uh, TSN insider Pierre Lebrun said last Friday that Kachuk is maybe looking for north of $8.4 million per season. That was in an article in the Ottawa Sun. This offseason, Kachuk has been skating with fellow restricted free agents Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson uh, up at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Pedersen and Hughes both play with the Vancouver Canucks. They were in the middle of their own contract negotiations, so the three of them were kind of hanging out. But recently, Pedersen and Hughes both both reached agreements with the Canucks. Pedersen got three years for $22 million at a little under 7.5 per year, and then Quinn Hughes signed a six-year $47 million ticket He's at $7.85 million per year. So the other two, 
have signed their contracts. Kachuk has still not reached an agreement with the Ottawa Senators. He's 22 years old. He was sensational in his first couple years. 125 points in 198 career games for Brady Kachuk. That wraps up our Sens segment. Now it's time to bring you our interview with David Foote for an inside look at the affiliation situation for the Gladiators. But before we get to that, we do want to thank our partner, Orthosport and Spine Physicians. Orthosport and Spine Physicians is now the official team doctor of the Gladiators, as well as the naming partner for the Glad's Home Ice. Orthosport and Spine Physicians specializes in providing state-of-the-art, minimally invasive treatments for complex neck and spine problems, as well as sports-related injuries and conditions. They also serve patients who travel to their office from other areas in the southeast and throughout the country. Let them help you get back in the game. And now, David Foote from the Belleville Senators. And we are pleased to welcome on the Atlantic Gladiators podcast, the brand new uh, media and community relations coordinator for the Belleville Senators, David Foote. Da- David, thank you for, uh, for joining us here. Appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to chat with the uh, folks down south. This is awesome. Uh, we're, we're excited for this this new affiliation, but I kind of ambushed you on your, your first day the other day. I hope you're, <laughs> you're settling in okay up there. Yeah, settling in. Uh, things are fairly slow around the office right now. We're still waiting for uh, our guys to get assigned here from, from Ottawa and then eventually trickle down to uh, Atlanta for a few guys as well. But yeah, settling in uh, just fine. It, it's you know nice that I've been covering the organization for uh, the last four years or so, and Belleville's a pretty small town, so uh, it's easy to fit in when you get a new opportunity in town like that. Well, and that's what I was going to mention, too. You've been with the organization a few years now. So was it kind of a seamless transition now that you're with them full time? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I mean, I was in my last job at the uh, the radio station newsroom here for about 15 years. So big change to to move somewhere a new day to day. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty seamless. The folks here in Bell made uh, made the transition easy. And, um, you know, now we're just getting ready to, to drop the puck here in, in a couple of weeks. We're getting excited. Awesome. Well, we're going to use you to kind of introduce Belleville and also Ottawa to our fans here in Atlanta a little bit. Uh, but before we kind of get into to this upcoming season for you guys up north, take us through the craziness of last year and what that looked like. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't even know if we were going to have games last year. I think if you go all the way back to uh, you know March 2020 when the pandemic began, um, our guys, I wasn't on the road at the time. Uh, our play-by-play voice, Jack Miller, was with the team, and uh, they were in in Laval getting set to cross the border. I, I forget if it was Utica or Syracuse they were supposed to play, but um, they basically finished up their game in Laval on, on March 11th and uh, on the road kind of got news that they'd have to come home instead of going uh, over, over the border to the States, um, and then it was kind of a holding pattern, wait and see, and then I think everybody, you know, knows what happened from there. They eventually canceled the season and um, it, it was real disappointing that year. Uh, Belleville's team, 2019, 20, uh, a lot of people figured it, it was a team that could a make a deep playoff run, potentially win a Calder cup. And, you know, for the franchise here in Belleville, uh, that was our third season. We hadn't made the playoffs yet the year before we had missed it by a point. Uh, and the fans here, I think were real hungry for a, for a playoff run. So it, it was a big hit to the franchise um, to, to miss that that opportunity and probably to the organization for the Senators as a whole. You know, you get uh, you get into the playoffs in the AHL and your young guns get a chance to experience playoff hockey. And 
and and battle for a championship. And and our guys were quite frankly robbed of that opportunity um, in 1920. And then you know we had so much turnover as there always tends to be. And as you and I talked about the other day in these the minor pro leagues, there's always lots of turnover. Uh, and that was no different heading into last season when we did eventually get word that we were going to play in February. Um, they got into 35 games and it was really strange to a not have the team here. Uh, the senators decided to, to make the decision to have the AHL team play out of Ottawa instead of Belleville, just because of the strict protocols here in, in the province of Ontario. Um, and it, it was weird. I, I covered all 35 games over a laptop. I know you're familiar with that as well. And, definitely was, uh, you know, added another level of strangeness to what I think we've all been experiencing over the last uh, year and a half or so. Is there any way to really like quantify the amount of development organizationally that got lost in a year like that when, when so much is thrown out of whack? Uh, I, it's probably tough to put like a, a, a you know, solid uh, evaluation on it, I guess, but it's not good. <laughs> if right. We know that for sure. Uh, that. Um, you know, guys certainly, again, like I said, missed that experience of getting into, uh, you know, highly competitive, uh, playoff games. Um, and I, I think that kind of factored into how important it was for Ottawa to have their team, their AHL club play, even just the 35 games last season, there were, were three AHL teams that said, we can't do it. We're not going to have our guys play. And they just decided to look ahead to 21-22 and set their organizations up uh, for success that way. But, I mean, I think this year we're going to see the dividends paid from the work that was done in the bubble in Ottawa um, by an even younger group of, of prospects than we had here in 1920 um, to, to see what kind of step they can make now in a, in a full, and I'm going to use my air quotes, normal American Hockey League season. <laughs> Uh, so I think we'll have to see down the line how much of a difference it, it made. But um, like I said, I think the, the biggest impact was felt by the fans and by the organization here in Belleville by missing out on uh, that opportunity to, to get into the playoffs. I mean, if, if folks aren't likely or not familiar with, with our town and, and the hockey history here, we had an Ontario Hockey League team, a junior, junior team for uh, just over 30 years. Uh, they unceremoniously left town. And uh, after that, I, I think, some of the fans have, you know, kind of turned sour. It's been tough to get um, some people who were really connected with that junior team to feel the same connection with this, this professional team now. And I think a playoff run would have really helped that, but uh, we're slowly building and, and hopefully, you know, this is kind of a clean reset really for everyone. If you want to try to take the, the positives out of the pandemic. Well, you're, you're talking to a, a market right now that has had some, some teams. Yeah. Uh, leave our city here as well so so we now we know how that feels in atlanta but let's let's look to the future where the the sky is blue right now we're recording this in the throes of nhl training camp right now Mm -hmm. uh the senators coming out of development camp rookie camp earlier this past summer take us through kind of the different stages that some of these young players have to go through in an organization leading up to the start of an ahl nhl and an echl season as well Yeah, well, it starts with obviously getting drafted or uh, playing well enough in in your junior league or uh, at your U.S. college, if if that's where you're playing, um, to get noticed by an NHL team. Um, And then from there, the the development camp typically happens at the end of the season. Uh, Once everything's wrapped up, you know, the, the college season is just finishing. 
the major junior season here in Canada has just kind of wrapped up and everybody's kind of at peak really because they've been playing all season long. So that's a good opportunity for the, uh, the NHL, you know, scouts and executives to get a look at, at the real prospects, the young guys who are, who are green and who uh, don't have any professional experience um, for the most part. Uh, and, and to see exactly what they've got when, when they've got a full season of their, uh, you know, playing in their own league under their belts. And, and it's not a long camp. It's a few days, um, usually run by the American Hockey League coaching staff because they're getting kind of an advanced look at who they might see coming into their teams the following season. Um, uh, following that, you know, you get the summer off. You, the draft uh, happens, obviously. Uh, and uh, come September, uh, you know, early September, late August is when you get into your rookie camp. And uh, this is usually guys who uh, were just signed or were just drafted, uh, you know, after development camp sort of thing. Uh, and again, it's just another kind of evaluation period. Um, a lot of meetings <laughs> off the ice, like there's on ice workouts, obviously, but um, that's where you kind of get the ground rules and, and how uh, the organization kind of expects, you know, your development to go from there. And then we get into where we are now, uh, you know, late September, early October training camp opens. Uh, all of the players in, in the NHL organization are there. Uh, you start to see those guys battling for, you know, for spots on the depth chart. And then those AHL ECHL bubble guys trying to get noticed, maybe snatch one of the last couple spots uh, on the big club. Uh, if not try to make an impression to, get an AHL job and then eventually an ECHL job as well. And I don't think that's the discount, you know, the quality of players in the ECHL. Um, obviously there are some, some high, high quality hockey players playing in that league and, and they're competitive games and, and there's a lot of development that goes on there as well. Um, and, and that's why I think you only see kind of a handful of guys from each organization ending up there. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically how it goes. It's felt like a whirlwind this year because uh, the rookie camp and the development camp all got kind of mashed together at the start of of the actual training camp here just a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's been wild to to try to catch up. And uh, we're excited to see who ends up here in Belleville and and what our team might look like this season. Well, and this this Ottawa Belleville kind of pipeline is really exciting for Atlanta fans to be a part of, just because there is so much talent. In this organization, so much young talent as well. You look at the NHL level uh, with the Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators, and you, you look how, uh, all, you know, so many of those players are, are 22, 23, 24 years old. The 26-year-olds are like the vets in the room uh, up in the NHL club. And um, how much movement, I, I guess, do you kind of expect between the big club and Belleville? I know that's kind of hard to get a grasp on right now. <laughs> Well, if, if I'm honest, uh, we've had more than we'd like uh, over right. the past couple seasons. I think 2019-20, uh, I think we had like 150 transactions just between Belleville and Ottawa over the course of the year, and that's almost unheard of. And, and there's a couple reasons for it. One, uh, Ottawa has been riddled by some significant injuries recently, um, and they need players. So the, the job of the AHL is to support the, the NHL team, and uh, they've had to send guys up to – fill gaps due to injury. I think the, the better reason for it is that there is that much talent in the organization and, and guys are just getting a look. Um, you know, you got Drake Batherson and uh, Josh Norris, for example, two guys who were among the, 
the leading scorers in the American Hockey League as rookies. And when guys have the type of success at, at this level that they had, you don't waste your time in calling them up. Uh, and both of those guys will make an impact for Ottawa in the NHL this season. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been busy on, on the transaction side. I think that's also what's kind of made it difficult for fans to, to latch on to this team here because you, you finally see a guy that's, uh, you know, lighting it up. He's, he's your favorite player. And then next thing you know, he's gone and you might not get him back. So uh, it certainly has made life difficult for uh, our, our head coach, Troy Mann, and his staff to, to put lineups together at times. And you never know who you're going to get on any given night. Um, I mean, he said to me last season that it's unlike anything he's ever seen in his career. And um, this is uh, a guy who has, you know, decade of experience in the American Hockey League, uh, coaching some pretty good teams in Hershey before coming to Belleville. So it's it was a little bit strange. Uh, but we're hoping that everybody stays healthy this year and, and the call-ups are only for, uh, you know, for merit and good play rather than having to fill those, uh, those injury gaps. Right. And I did want to ask about uh, Troy Mann as well and the assistants. You have David Bell, Ben Sexton there uh, in Belleville and kind of their roles organizationally. Now, is Mann more focused on just winning games and the assistants are more focused on the developmental side of the, these players' skills, or is everybody just really focused on, you know, the AHL team? And obviously they're all trying to win games, but but maybe speak to like their roles from an organizational standpoint. Yeah, I think everybody's uh, main goal is to develop. Um, but that said, Troy Mann is, is an intense coach who wants to win uh, and talks daily about the uh, importance of winning in the AHL uh, as it relates to the success of the NHL club. Uh, nobody uh, want, nobody anywhere really wants to be in a losing environment, but you, you, can't, um, you can't build a culture around your entire organization if it starts in a losing environment. So it's very important to, to win here in Belleville, even last season when they only played 35 games that in you know, reality didn't matter. Uh, it was still crucially uh, important from the coaching staff's perspective to win as many games as possible. And, and I think we saw the intensity pick up later on in the season uh, last year for, uh, for the B sends, but um, yeah. And, and again, winning has, has been tough. Uh, Ottawa is in uh, you know, getting into the good part of a rebuild. I would say when, when the team moved here uh, five years ago, now it, it wasn't in great shape as far as the prospect pool. And uh, you know, Binghamton had had a rough go as far as, finding any real success on the ice, uh, save for the one Calder cup that they won uh, some years back. So it has been, you know, a build and, and it, at this level, you, you see the rebuild at a completely different perspective than what fans watching the NHL team might see. Uh, I mean, look at a, look at Tampa Bay lightning, for example, uh, the Syracuse crunch were, you know, practically a, a dynasty in this league. Uh, and now all those players have graduated up to, uh, to the NHL. And, and now you see the success in winning Stanley cups for the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, Troy Mann was with the Hershey bears prior to coming to Belleville. That's Washington's AHL affiliate. Uh, when the capitals won their cup, I think it was at least 12 players um, that had played in Hershey were on that cup winning roster. So that you, there is a direct correlation to success in, in the AHL. And uh, again, to, to roll it back in with the ECHL, you need that support from, uh, from another team below uh, 
to keep the same mindset. You want success all through your organization and um, not having an ECHL affiliate has hurt uh, for, for a season here for sure in, in Belleville, but it's, it's so important to win uh, at all levels and, and to give your guys that mindset that um, yeah, I can be successful at the next level. And especially if it's a lot of guys being called, you know, promoted through the organization, guys have played together at different stages uh, of their careers in the organization. And uh, it makes a huge, huge difference at that point. And I kind of want to ask maybe the same question, but from the opposite angle, when you see a winning team in the AHL, does that necessarily mean that they are, uh, that they have the best NHL prospects, if that makes sense? Perhaps collectively. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously, um, all-star players on every team in the American hockey league, um, because you do get a lot of high draft picks that end up here that don't make the jump to the, to the NHL right away. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're winning and you're the best team in the league, then you must have the best players, right? That's typically, (laughs) I think how, how some would look at it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's so important to win and, uh, uh, you have to, you do have to kind of mix that with development and you have to, as a fan, almost temper your expectations to remember that a lot of these guys are still learning um, how to play the pro game. And, and, you know, you might see goal scorers, you know, guys who are prolific in junior or college, um, you know, they might put up 30, 40 goals a season, uh, close to a hundred points. And then they come to the AHL and they put up 30. And someone goes, well, that they're a failure. They're not meeting up to, you know, to what they've done in the past, but it's a completely different beast when you get to pro hockey. And um, that's when you do see a, a young guy start to produce, um, you know, at a high clip in the AHL. Uh, it's even that more impressive. And, and that's why Belleville has certainly seen some, uh, you know, high quality graduates crack the NHL fairly quickly. As far as evaluating talent goes, how difficult is that, uh, especially with all those transactions that, that you mentioned when you're only seeing guys for literally a cup of coffee? I mean, a couple games and, and then they're moving around. Like, like how, how does that process go when, when you get such a small snapshot of a player's ability? Yeah, I think that's where the um, the whole organizational depth chart kind of comes into play. You, um, if maybe they're only in the AHL briefly before either going back to the ECHL or or up to Ottawa, you've just got to keep an eye on those players wherever they are in the organization. I mean, yeah, you guys are uh, in Atlanta are going to get a couple of uh, of players that uh, have been on our radar now for a, a year or so and have turned some heads and made an impact and. Um, certainly I know that the staff in Ottawa and, and Belleville will be keeping an eye on those guys, uh, closely to, to see if they, you know, have earned a shot to, to move up a level. Um, I, I think that's the key kind of, you know, you just have to, no matter where a guy is playing, you just kind of have to keep, keep an eye on them and, uh, and see what they're doing. And, um, you know, small sample size is tough to judge anything. So the more you can see a, a player, uh, the better evaluation, obviously you're going to get of them. So that's communication just throughout the organization then. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's where like, uh, especially with us being in Belleville, we're about two and a half hours away from Ottawa, you know, as opposed to like four or something that it took to get to Binghamton plus the border. So, you know, we've got front office staff and executives from Ottawa here weekly at least to, to watch the prospects play. Uh, I know it's a, a pretty quick shot down to Atlanta from, Toronto as well. Uh, I likely from Ottawa too. So I think that's going to help as well. 
Gotta love that uh, Atlanta airport, right? Yeah, I've never been myself personally, but uh, uh, I've heard good things for sure. Those direct flights, you can get them anywhere in North yeah, America. It's great. That's it. Yeah. And we won't go into specifics on all the guys that the Gladiators may or, or may not see, but there were three guys that recently signed two-way deals between the AHL and the ECHL. Uh, Mitchell Holscher, a forward, a D-man, Xavier Bernard, and then a goaltender, Tyler Parks. What can you tell us about those three guys? Well, starting in the crease with the the guy, we'll go from least familiar to most familiar. Um, Tyler Parks just uh, signed that deal uh, this summer, so uh, we haven't had a chance to see him here in in Belleville yet. Um, I believe he will be at our camp uh, starting next week. But um, a guy with a lot of experience in the ECHL, uh, he played over in Slovakia uh, last season. I had a pretty good year uh, with five shutouts and 24 starts. So uh, he's solid. Uh, he's a guy that certainly in the ECHL will give you a chance to win hockey games. Uh, more of a depth guy, I think, as far as goaltending goes in the American League. Uh, Ottawa's goaltending stable is just jam-packed right now, so there's not a lot of room to uh, uh, to squeeze your way in unless you're, you're playing incredibly. So um, I'd probably expect to see him and expect him to, to put up some good numbers. Uh, his five-year career in the ECHL, uh, goals against of 312, save percentage of 911, so he's he's pretty good. Um, Xavier Bernard, same thing. He, he was on the, the ta- uh, not taxi squad, but he was on an amateur tryout with Belleville for part of the season last year, didn't get into any games, um, but uh, did play 25 or so plus 15 playoff games or so uh, in the Quebec major junior hockey league last year uh, defenseman, right? So he's not going to put up a, a, a pile of points, but pretty steady. Uh, he was a plus 17 rating. So, you know, his team's not getting scored on a lot while he's on the ice. So that's uh, always a positive thing. And then Holscher is a guy who um, is, really liked by the fans, uh, up here. Um, he's from Waterloo, which is in, uh, Western Ontario, but, uh, he played with the Ottawa 67s in his junior career. And, uh, one of those guys who just got better, uh, every single year, he went from putting up 28 points in his first, uh, uh full season in uh, the OHL to 76 points in 62 games, uh, the year of the, you know, the year the pandemic started 1920. So that was enough to get him a look in Belleville. Uh, same thing. He signed an amateur tryout, which essentially means you're not getting paid. You're, you're just on the team. <laughs> essentially you get a chance to play some games. You do get a, a per diem for, uh, for being with the club, but you're not on an actual contract. Um, he had an assist in seven games in the shortened season, but you know, obviously did enough to uh, to get noticed. He was at development camp. He was at rookie camp and uh, and started at training camp as well in Ottawa. And, and he'll be here in Belleville next week too. So uh, three guys certainly worth uh, worth keeping an eye on uh, on uh, you know all sections of the ice from uh, from front to back. Yeah, there you go. That's three guys right there who have signed uh, two way contracts: AHL, ECHL. Mitchell Holscher, a forward; Xavier Bernard on the blue line, and Tyler Parks in the blue paint let's zoom out for a bit here and kind of look at the overall organization and the system who are some guys uh that are you that you're looking forward to seeing if they can make that big jump uh to the nhl club this upcoming season well again it's one of those uh it's one of those tough questions because you want the good players to be you know playing for your team but again uh, the job of the american hockey league is to uh produce prospects for the national hockey league club so i think one of the guys who's really turning some heads right now and if you google his name 
Uh, it won't be tough to find uh, some info on him. Uh, Igor Sokolov was uh, passed over in the NHL draft uh, until last, uh, last summer. Ottawa picked him up, and uh, he came in to, to Belleville last season and just from the get-go was uh, a proven goal scorer, really. Um, he, uh, he led by example. Uh, a lot of people had kind of questioned his skating, so... Uh, what did he do? He went out and worked on that and, and got better with his feet and ended up leading the B-Sens uh, in scoring uh, in 35 games last season, 25 points uh, for him, 15 of those goals. And uh, he has just been uh, you know, someone to watch for sure, already uh, raising some questions about whether or not he could get an early call up to Ottawa. I don't know if he's going to start the season there. Um, from again, the, the front office and marketing standpoint, I would love him to be in Belleville because he's, uh, you know, he's such a marketable guy. He's young. He understands, uh, you know, everything that comes with being a professional off the ice, whether it's his training or, uh, his community involvement, he's just a great kid. Um, but, uh, he is one that uh, definitely could, could get a chance. Um, Parker Kelly is a grinder, uh, you know, a real heart and soul guy. Scored against the Toronto Maple Leafs in his uh, NHL debut for Ottawa last season. Again, not a guy who is uh, you know surefire thing to to make the NHL team, but a guy who, with continued uh, hard work, could could certainly get a look. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is uh, the graduates that we've already seen go from Belleville to Ottawa. Oh, I can't. Sorry, I can't skip Eric Brandstrom on the blue line. Um, you know, he's been kind of developing a little bit slowly as, as defenders tend to do. And he's a little bit undersized for a, a blue liner as well at five foot nine, but uh, he has, uh, you know, been trending upwards, albeit slowly, but in the right direction. And uh, he will likely get himself uh, a few looks in Ottawa if he's not there full-time this season. But uh, for me, again, I, I mentioned a couple of the names earlier on, um, you know, Drake Batherson and um, Josh Norris are guys who have proven themselves uh, in the American Hockey League and are starting to do that at the National Hockey League level. Alex Formanton is perhaps the fastest skater in the NHL. Uh, he won the fastest skater competition at the AHL All-Star Game the last time it was held. Uh, that's a guy who has again proven himself in the American League, now needs to do the same in the National Hockey League. And then uh, goaltending. Um, you know, Matt Murray is is the starter and, and Anton Forsberg is going to be the backup goaltender for Ottawa to start the season uh, in all likelihood. But Philip Gustafson, uh, who was originally drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, traded to Ottawa a couple years back, he's been really uh, fighting for a spot and had an excellent finish to the campaign when he got called up to Ottawa last season. So that's just a handful. I mean, I could you know roll off pretty well the whole list of, of Senators players because um, there's a lot of guys who are, are using their opportunity in Ottawa to, to make a bigger name for themselves. And, um, you know, the, there were a lot of guys a couple of years ago that wanted out of Ottawa. Um, you look at like Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne and like kind of that era of, of senators. Uh, and now I think the culture is turning a little bit. Guys want to be in Ottawa. They want to find success there. And uh, the organization is certainly on the right track to doing that.
Uh, that's what the folks in Atlanta, they, they love to hear that. Now, again, a lot of the names you just rattled off, gladiators ain't going to see them. These are the guys that are getting called up to the big club. That's right. Uh, j- just so we get that, that out of the way. <laughs> but it doesn't um, mean you can't watch them and say, hey, that's, uh, that's our organization. That's, uh, those are our guys. You know? that's our, those are our guys, exactly. You mentioned Drake Batherson uh, making a name for himself, making some money for himself as well. Just signed a $30 million ticket, six years, $5 million a year. So he's doing okay. He's one of those guys who has come up signed the big ticket, got the big contract, and now he's expected to, to produce heavily um, at that NHL level. Kind of one last question here. Uh, again, we're with David Foote, the media and community relations coordinator with the Belleville Senators in the AHL. But uh, you mentioned the goaltending and, and how crazy that, ha- that has been. You guys have a stable up there uh, of goaltenders that are going to contend for time in the AHL kind of take us deeper into that a little bit because goaltender seems to be the position maybe more so than others that, that get yanked around a lot of times between different levels. Yeah. And, and for us last year, a lot of that again had to do with injuries uh, at, at the NHL level. Um, But uh, you know, there's uh, like I said, a a real stable of goaltenders Um, Marcus Hogberg, who had had kind of been um, you know, he was, our number one here in, in Belleville, for the most part, he was getting a bit of a look in Ottawa, uh, but he's gone back to Sweden um, to play this season. So the other guys don't really have to worry about him. Um, Philip Gustafson, as I'd mentioned, is probably the, the one to really keep an eye on um, in the immediate uh, immediate future. He was uh, a pretty big piece of, of a trade with Pittsburgh a little while back. And uh, there's been a lot of expectation put on him uh, to find some success in the NHL although it's so, so difficult, uh, especially at, at the goaltending position. Uh, our other two young guys, uh, Kevin Mandeleze, uh made his pro debut with Belleville last season. Uh, big, big guy, 6'4", 180 pounds, uh, fills the net, but is, is pretty athletic. Uh, and then the other goaltender up here is Mad Sogard, uh, who is just a giant from Denmark. And uh, I'm trying to find what they're actually listing him at these days, but he's like six foot seven. He is enormous. Wow. Uh, I don't know how anybody can find a hole on the guy uh, and just so cool and calm and collected. Uh, he helped. I think he won his first seven starts last season in a row, uh, helped the B sense to set a franchise record for uh, consecutive wins. And uh, it's going to be a battle between him and, and Mandeleze for that, uh, that backup spot behind Gustafson here in Belleville. And I'm not sure yet if the, uh, the odd man out there will stay up just for, uh, the comfort of having a third goalie around, or if they'll send him down uh, to Atlanta to get some playing time, because that's the other thing is, uh, you know, with goaltenders, you, you, if they're going to develop and with anybody, really, if they're going to develop, they have to play. And uh, that's the beauty of having a, an ECHL affiliate is that if there isn't room for a goaltender, especially to play here, there is room for them to get some reps in and some experience somewhere else. So uh, there might be a goalie headed your way. Either way, it's probably going to be a big guy, uh, who is going to make a big difference uh, in the crease for the gladiators should they get there. Well, that's what Glads fans love to hear. David, this has been great. Thank you for, for kind of peeling back the curtain for us uh, on the organization and, and giving us a look at, at the, the cogs and the gears and, and everything that, uh, that the gladiators do that they're affiliated with uh, up in, up in Ontario um, and, and Belleville, Ottawa, all you guys up there. So thank you for coming on here and we'll have to have you on again. Uh, throughout the season for for some more of these updates. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, and, and we'll have to do the flip side too. If we got our podcast rolling here for the B sends, you can tell us all about uh, Atlanta and, uh, brag about how hot it is there when uh, we're in the middle of December and it's uh, minus 40 Celsius here. So uh, we'll be in touch for sure. And, uh, and I hope you guys uh, have uh, all kinds of success down there this season. All right. Thanks, man. Good luck with training camp. All right. Thanks. It was fantastic to talk to David. He did a great job of giving us an inside look at the operations at the AHL and the NHL levels as well. And like we said in the open, we are definitely going to have to bring him back on for more updates throughout this season. If you don't already, please go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ATL Gladiators. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and check us out on TikTok as well. Any questions about the team or opening night on October 29th, visit AtlantaGladiators.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. (laughs) 